On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are burning the midnight oil. <laughs> Just got done watching a bunch of Pac-12 basketball. We, I am I am fatigued do, from Pac-12 after dark. Do we do it for ourselves? No. <laughs> we do it for you, for the listeners. We do mm. it for the Pac-12. We do it mm. for America. We are the nation's only national college basketball podcast that mm. has a segment devoted to exclusively West Coast basketball. Bang. And because of that, we have a responsibility. So what we did today is we uh, we stayed at the studio. We watched every second of all these Pac-12 games tonight. There were five of them. We're not kidding either. I know this <laughs> sounds like a joke. <laughs> yeah. We just watched uh, Oregon take care of business against Colorado. Uh, UCLA beat Arizona on their home court. Arizona looked mm. like they were going to uh, second half fell apart a little mm. bit for Arizona. Are they going to miss the tournament? The answer, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. they are. Definitively, yes. Because they're banned from the tournament. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to do the Pac-12 an extended Pac-12 update. We usually do it towards the end of the show, but uh, not, no, not today. No, no. This one's for you, yes. West Coast. Uh, Pac-12 update, leading the show. Uh, but that's not all we're talking about. Iowa beats Wisconsin, hands it to Wisconsin. The wheels are falling off for Wisconsin. Mm. The wheels mm. are falling Sorry, Brad. Has, yeah, Luka Garza, has Luka Garza solidified National Player of the Year? That's what people are asking. They're that asking is the question. Yes. They've wanted this for quite some time. They want the answer. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to let you know <laughs> if we definitively Garza. decide if he's the guy. He's going to hold the trophy above his head. People will be like, is it his <laughs> to lose? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We're Zobie Toppin. Uh, also, huge win for Isaac Brown and Wichita State. A program mm. win. I'm going to call it. Put the yep. stamp on it. Yep. Program yep. win. Yep. Uh, beat Houston. Wichita State is sneaking their way. As as we said, uh, wh- who was the team? St. John's. When they mm. beat Villanova and people, mm. they didn't want to put them on the bubble. They said they're entering the conversation. Yes. That's yes. where Wichita State is. Entering the conversation to be on the bubble to potentially have a chance of one day maybe making the tournament. It does hurt <laughs> that they had to see ECU beat the same team. I wish yeah. that this was yeah. the, you know, the first big loss for Houston. So they get a little bit more momentum. But again, Wichita State. Good fortune, good favors. That's good. To uh, see. Finally, Sunday game of the year in college basketball: Ohio mm. State versus Michigan. So we have John Beeline joining us wow. to give us uh, some Michigan. We have a Michigan man on the program. <laughs> I, I, I promised Duncan he'd be the only one I'd ever have on. Duncan, I lied. So, yeah, sorry, sorry. B, B, Beeline's on. So we talked to John Beeline about a lot of the stuff, uh, including benching Duncan Robinson when Duncan Robinson was a senior. Those of you who've been listening to the show forever know that uh, uh, Duncan was the original friend of the program. He was uh, the the we we have loved him for years, and uh, in 2018 he was a senior on that Michigan team that lost to mm-hmm. Villanova, and uh, he was benched halfway through his senior year for a freshman Isaiah Liver averaging three points a game. So we asked John Beeline about it, and he. He gave us a good answer. He does. Honest. He gives a lot of good <laughs> answers. And he also promises not to come back yeah. on this show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. We have that to look forward to. All that coming up. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. The timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Ted, I got a ton of stats uh, I want to get to later. I'm also doing a fraud power rankings. Wow. I have that lined up because, boy, they were, there are a lot of frauds out west, as it turns out. Um, but maybe we should talk about some of these games, uh, Pac-12 games we saw tonight. So uh, the best game was probably Oregon-Colorado. Mm-hmm. Not not a lot of shots being made in this game, as it turns out. But, but like it was what a you said, game. it's two tournament teams, and it's two teams yeah. that we expect to see in March, and it's two teams that, if you want to get familiar with West Coast basketball and tournament basketball mm-hmm. and teams that could actually contend, this was a nice entry point into the season. And Oregon was a team that a lot of people picked to, you know, to be the the premier team in the Pac-12 for this season. They haven't been that. It's been USC, yeah. but they're yeah. still there. They're still a solid enough team. But they could be on the right night. 
And that's that's the joy of Pac-12 basketball. Yeah, that's West Coast basketball. West Coast basketball. Uh, Oregon Oregon takes care of business at home against yep. Colorado. Uh, Chris Duarte, eighteen and seven. Um, Oregon, uh, uh, this this is they got they got USC on Monday. So I I I can't remember if I put Oregon on my fraud power rankings uh, last week or the, the I I definitely had them. I think the the I think week it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I think yeah. uh, uh, I had the fraud power rankings typed out, but I don't think we did it on the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we didn't have enough time. And um, Oregon was definitely on the list because I had questions about if you looked at like what Oregon was doing outside of home. And I know that like that doesn't matter as much this year because home court and road, like what does that even mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's very it's all very confusing. They all feel like neutral games kind of. But at the same time, um, I the, it, you could make a case either way. We'll just put it that way. Like mm-hmm. I was so I was like I, trying to suss this out, figure this out. Uh, they sweep the Arizona schools and then they come and they beat Colorado, who I think Colorado is firmly in the tournament, right? They just lost mm-hmm. to California, though. Mm-hmm. They lost to Cal, who is not good. No, Cal is very, very bad. And Colorado just lost to Cal. Then they turn around and lose. For the friends of the program at home, the coach at Cal right now is not Viking Jones. It's Mark. Wait, Fox. what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what. It, that's how far Cal is right now. The coach is not Jason Kidd. I think that's what they need to say. Like every yes. time you're talking about Cal's coach, until it's Jason Kidd, just say it's not Jason Kidd. Back to what we're talking about. Uh, Pac-12. So Oregon, I had some doubts. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't a hater. I wasn't. I wasn't dipping my toes in the hater waters. I was just mm. in the wait and see waters. I was in the wait and see. Wait, I was, you know, how you're supposed to like shower before you get in the pool. That's mm-hmm. what they say on the signs. I was in the shower. I was showering, getting ready to go into the hater waters. Right? Does that make sense? Are yes. you tracking the analogy? Yeah, that checks out. I think you know how they put the sign up. <laughs> there are two rules at public pools: one, shower yes. before you get in; two, if you've had diarrhea in the last six months, you cannot swim. You can't swim. And it's like what? <laughs> We've all had diarrhea in the last and It's like, who fact-checked this? Who made this sign? Are you crazy? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm showering, getting ready to jump in the hater waters. Yep. Long story short, uh, Oregon, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to officially announce I am not going to, to dip my toes in that pool. I'm not, mm. I'm not a hater. I, I, I'm not a believer. But, like, Oregon, you're good. You're a good team. I, I think Oregon can win some games in the NCAA tournament. I, 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 I guess I am a believer. I'm a believer. Okay. Screw it. I like that. And, and I like that Dana Altman, you know, he came on our show. He was very very, you know, straight with us, kind of told us that he was excited about this team, but had a little bit of, you know, reservations with what they may be. But I think that they're, you know, filling out as the season is going on. And then if you look at the Pac-12, we had six teams that were supposed to get in the tournament last year. Mm. That was the best that they had had in about five or six <laughs> yeah, years. Of course the, the tournament doesn't happen. But it was the best win percentage that they had had in the conference, yeah. you know, in six years, I believe, as well. So that was a big moment. They don't have the tournament. You know, we all know what happens in 2020. This year they have five teams right yeah. now. That's what what, are, who are the five? Go over. So USC is 100%, yes. and USC could eventually get up to like a three-seed probably. We'll keep it in L.A., then UCLA. UCLA is going to definitely be in. Oregon, who just mentioned, is going to be Oregon is like, they're, they're going to be in. But yes. they are like not as secure as the what first I thought. two are in, and it might just be the first one is 100 percent in. But uh, USC is 100 percent. Yes. UCLA is like 85. 80, yeah. I'd say 86, but okay, <laughs> yeah. somewhere around there. Uh, then yeah, Oregon, then Colorado. Yeah, and then the fifth one is Stanford. Stanford and, is, and, and that's the one that teetering. a lot of people. Yeah. You mentioned neutral games because I think the big thing that Stanford is sort of hanging their hat on is. We, we weren't able to play home games, so we had to go to Asheville, North Carolina. We had to hole up in you know Santa Cruz and play at the Warriors facility. So we play a lot of neutral games, and that's actually helping them with their resume because when they look at the net ranking and they, yeah, they put yeah. all the you know the pieces together, they're saying Stanford hasn't played many home oh, games. Yeah, Let's yeah. give them the boost. So those are your five teams. If you're a Pac-12 West Coast basketball fan, if you need five teams to lock in on, those are your five. So that's where the lay of the land. Right Stanford now. smoked Washington tonight. Um, yep. 
Washington. Quadi Green did not score thirty. Those what were those uniforms, by the way? What's Woof. yeah? Washington. We, you know, we talked about it. They they were. There's some going on. Right. Yeah, there's I, something I've happening. Made, I've made this point before. I think I was talking about Arizona State. Uh, the the because a lot gets made about East Coast bias and West Coast mm. schools complain about it. Mick uh, complained on our show when when we had him on the how before the season and he was like, yeah, West Coast bias is real. The the East Coast yep. you guys are haters. Um, Basically said if his team was Cincinnati, they would have been in the top 20. Right. Yeah. But the the positive thing about West Coast or East Coast bias and no one paying attention to the West Coast is Washington season right now. Mm-hmm. Because if Washington, see, if this was uh, happening at uh, pick an ACC school, Virginia Tech even, yep. even like a Virginia Tech, if Virginia Tech was four and 17, are they, I think mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we would, you and I would be spending so much time talking about it. Like, like what, what do we hell? do? <laughs> yeah. Is this program yeah. dead? Let's and figure it out. And like Washington, it's like, I don't know. Hopefully you guys figure it out next year. Yeah, we'll meanwhile, next year. if we <laughs> ask Jim <laughs> Beheim right now, what's going on in Washington? He's like, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, how are they no doing? Idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, well, speaking of Beheim, like, you talk about, like, if you ask me my thoughts on Syracuse, I'd be like, man, they're just, Disaster. Yeah. And Syracuse like might have a path to the tournament. They still. have, they have bubble know? potential. All right. Can we talk about the rivalry in the Pac-12? Please. Because uh, I, I, I want to make a, I want to have an opening statement on this. Uh, UCLA Arizona was tonight, mm. and I just want to say I, I still believe in this rivalry. I still love this rivalry. There's something about seeing UCLA and Arizona on the same basketball court that works for me. And uh, tonight. It's 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 not it like it's losing its luster. I, I granted, mm. I I understand that. Like Arizona is is not eligible for the tournament this year. UCLA's best player, Chris Smith, um, tears his ACL. He's been out most of the year. UCLA has not played well before tonight. I, I feel like they haven't had like a actual game they should be proud of in like a month. Yep. Um, so. I understand for everyone listening that is not on the West Coast, you're saying, who cares? UCLA, Arizona, what is it? 1997? I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I still care, Tate. This is still, uh, what to, to me, I measure rivalries, but I'm not saying it's as good as Duke and Kentucky or, or Duke and, well, it's probably not even as good as Duke and Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. Duke and North Carolina, or Kentucky, <laughs> Louisville. Um, I don't care. I'm saying for me personally, this is like, uh, uh, this is my version of. For me, making, for me, it's better than Kentucky, Louisville. I will say that. <laughs> right, so so just put if that we're out making there. our list of uh uh if we're making our goat list and you know how like people throw Kobe in and they're like, I don't care if he he's my goat. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. He's my, For me, I grew up, I, I saw wanna, it, yeah. I wanna say that about Arizona UCLA. It is one of my goat one of my many goat rivalries. Um mm-hmm. I, I just still get excited about it. And Bill Walton on the call and you think about his son played at Arizona and he played at like yep. the whole thing. Like I, yep. I buy into the I his buy head into also it. in the crowd at the Oregon games for some yeah, reason. Bill Walton's weird. everywhere. Yeah. That's a soft move, dude. What? That's a soft. Don't like you if, dare call out Big Wave Billy. No, not not Bill. That's a <laughs> oh, that's a boss Oregon. move oh, from yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for for Oregon to put like a legend of another school, that's that's I don't like it. Uh, Hame Hame Hakez is the of, star of UCLA. Hame Hakez. Yeah, Hame Hakez, really? uh, twenty five points, career high, I believe. Um, th- th- on his birthday. Was it really? Yeah, it was his birthday. Interesting. I didn't Shout know out to that. Hame. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Hame. Uh, Johnny Juzek, by the way, had uh, the, on the Washington trip. He had like 32 points against Washington, and, like 27 against Washington State. There, it's, it feels like this is how UCLA is winning games. It's just like one guy just goes just off. goes off. Yep. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, remember the the game, the Stanford game? They ended up losing, but Juzang had like 22 straight points for UCLA or something. Well, now Juzang <laughs> got benched for hockey. Yeah. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. It's about so it. weird watching yeah. UCLA. It's it's weird watching a Mick Cronin team where you got guys that are just going nuts offensively, and they whenever they struggle, it's because 
because they can't guard, and you're like, what is happening? What? I, what? I will say this. Mick Cronin is one of the few big-time coaches at a big-time program in college basketball where I do feel like practice, you go into a practice or go into a game, and the starting lineup could change completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, like, no, I like You could go from being like a prime – like Prince Ali is a perfect example. Last year, Prince Ali was a senior. He goes in the season. We're in Maui. He's the star of the team. He's the face yeah, of the team. Right. They're like running golf <laughs> right, through Prince right. Ali. By, by February, he's, he's damaged out of the He's damaged goods. He didn't even play yeah, anymore. Yeah. And that's like, I do like that about Big Cronin. Cronin strikes me as a coach who uh, is, is they do the starting lineups. They're sitting down in the huddle, yep. and he's got his board out, and he's drawing something up. And he feels like a coach that would like just get a vibe from a player. You like look a player in the eye and be like, I changed my ear. Yeah, he's like, you don't want it today. You, you don't want it today. Yeah, you're, you're out. The guy's like, what? I didn't do anything. He's like, I don't like it. It's Tommy's birthday. Bad, bad vibes, you're out. Tommy, you're in. <laughs> That's pretty uh, much where we are. Yeah, so uh, speak real quickly your thoughts just on the Arizona-UCLA rivalry as a whole. Mm. Does it still work for you? Does it? Does, do you get titillated? Because I, I do. When I see when I pull up like the, the score, you know, I, I, I pull up the app or whatever, and you're like, oh, well, what, what games do we have coming up? You're like, oh, my God, Thursday, Arizona-UCLA. I don't care if they're ranked. Mm-hmm. I don't care anything about it. Uh, I'm excited to watch. the game, This game was like Arizona blew it in the second half. They were they were bad on offense and worse on defense, and that's not a good combination. Yep. But um I, just as a whole, like just seeing the teams play, I get excited. And that's really all I want to say. Sean Miller is trying to be, you know, the the basically the 11th coach in Pac-12 history to win 300 career conference games. And that was supposed to be tonight. He's won 299. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. What stat is this? This is the Pac-12 stat of the day. Uh, Sean Miller trying <laughs> to become the 11th coach in league history to reach 300 career wins in the conference. Can of you Champions. name the other 10? I cannot, but I can name. I can tell you this: He will be the third Arizona coach to do it. Not even the first. Lute Olson did it, and Heckin Munson did it. So Heckin Mun Heckin Munson, dude, we gotta do. Oh my god! So there's your show. I, I told you I had one. Heckin Munson, set. yeah, and Vic Bubis from Duke. I love. I love dude. <laughs> Every every coach back in the day had like an awesome name, and every yeah. player had a nickname. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Every coach is named Red or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you like see, you like you get all these like like these sports reference pages, and these guys got nicknames, and it's like the Buzzy Hornet or something. Yeah. And you're like scrolling to look at the guy's stats, and he averaged three points a game, and you're like, what? How did this guy get a nickname? I don't. Anyway. Sean Miller would be the first coach to reach the 300 win plateau since Mike Montgomery did it at Stanford in 2001. <laughs> Sorry, I just had that stat. Uh, but I, love, I love the Pac-12 so much. <laughs> I don't want to say these Pac-12 stats because they're so ridiculous. But oh. you asked me about the rivalry. UCLA, Arizona, you and I went to the game last year uh, at UCLA. Yep. We have Actually, we've gone the past, I think, two or three years. Yeah, this, this is point. the first time we haven't gone in a while. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a staple in the Pac-12. It is a litmus test in the Pac-12. It has always been the game for me as someone from Tobacco Road to watch West Coast. That's when I would tune in. It's like, because usually one of the teams would be ranked and you kind of see, oh, where does UCLA, UCLA fans, or Arizona rank this year? UCLA fans definitely hate Arizona more than UC, USC. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because we've been in to games. Basketball. In yeah, basketball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been to games, the USC, UCLA basketball games, and uh, they get more fired up when Arizona comes mm-hmm. to town, for sure. The so, only person that was more fired up was Josh Rosen. I think that was the only person that <laughs> That cared. was the USC game, right? Yeah, yeah, he was the only one that really yeah, hated was, USC. I don't know what uh, was going on there. The other, that was also football. Yeah, Sean Miller got tossed from last year's game. <laughs> yes. That was awesome. And he said, uh, they showed the clip tonight, and uh, I I, we, we we were at the game, as you said, so uh, we didn't see. I, I didn't ever see this, but when they were showing the clip and reminiscing tonight, yep. um, the ref tossed him. They said another T toss, and you could read Sean Miller's lips. He says, "Good." <laughs> He's like, "Good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Good. Joke's on you, bitch. I wanted to get tossed. <laughs> that game was so funny because Danny God. Peters after the game, like, you know, we're, we're, he was going to, like, say what's up to us or whatever. We're just like, what happened? <laughs> He's like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's just Sean being Sean. Uh, <laughs> more to come on Danny Peters, by the way. i got to talk about this guy. Um, all right, so those are some games. That, what uh, what other games have? I mean, uh, Oregon State smoked Utah. Washington State yep. blew out Cal. I, who cares? I Yeah, I, I only have one Pac-12 note that I wanted to point out. Colorado is currently uh, the the best team in Division One basketball, eighty two point four percent from the free throw line. If they finish the season, this would be the best free throw percentage in NCAA history and break Harvard's Wait, record from nineteen eighty three eighty four. Of course, Harvard had the record. Yes. That makes a yes. lot of sense. The conference but, record is Arizona, uh, who shot seventy eight point six percent. They're shooting eighty two percent from the line. Yeah, and that's eighty two point four percent. That's yeah. actually, that's actually a good stat. Thank you, thank you. Good stat, Tate. Yeah. What what other Pac-12 notes that I have? Uh, let's see here. BYU and Gonzaga are considering opting out of the WCC tournament, but uh, Gonzaga smoked St. Mary's tonight. Mm. Mark Few in his post game press conference was basically like it was really funny because Mark Few is like he, he's he's in a uh, as it pertains to the WCC, he's got the like. He's Coach K of the WCC. I was gonna say he's Coach yep. K. He's got like the LeBron. We're, yeah. the, the, we're, we're asking your opinion, so we know what we're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's got that sort of influence. So he was like. You know, there there is this talk of maybe Gonzaga and BYU, who are both firmly in the NCAA tournament, don't need the to win the tournament, the WCC tournament to get in. Um, and we've talked about the reason you might not want to play in the WCC tournament or conference tournament. So, you know, we've talked about that on the show. Uh, so, Mark Few, the, the report was Gonzaga might opt out, and Mark Few addressed it, and he said, I, "We want to play, whatever." But like his whole tone was, was very like, yes. But the rest of you schmucks better not ruin this for us. Yeah. I swear to God, I'll kill you all. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was like a warning shot to the rest of the WCC. I swear to God, San Francisco, if you bring COVID to the WCC tournament, you're out. Yeah, yeah, you're if out. You, if you ruin this for us, and the, the funny part about Mark Few in general is like, you know, they're twenty and zero. They're they're first in every single category that does matter in the game of basketball. Right now and as we look ahead to march it's going to be this very arduous you know experience and he already compared indianapolis when they went the last time to siberia and, yeah and, mark and, i don't i don't and, like mark few where he's going with this stuff like, and, and just said that you know basically we're used to going to elmo's one of the famous restaurants in st elmo's respect he said elmo's that's how much little respect he had for the place he's like that's elmo! what he's like, he's like we like going over to elmo's and uh getting steak dinners with the team but we can't even do that anymore because we're holed up in the hotel here in siberia that was like the quote dude, dude and, this that's is not good. Remember, not what was hear. it last week? He said the teams he's scared of, and he listed like 30 teams and didn't say Ohio State. Like, what the hell, Mark Few? It does seem like if you're Mark Few, you call Mark Pope and you say, Mark. Why don't we, here, in I, all honesty, I, yeah. what if they opt out and BYU and Gonzaga just play each other to like stay fresh? It'll build their resume. They're probably going to meet in the title game anyway. Yeah. What if they're just like, why don't we just do like a home and home for the that week? We do a we play at our place and then we go to your play or like they play in Vegas or something. They, they, they figure it out. I think if you're Gonzaga, you have to call Mark Few and say whatever or Mark or Mark Pope and say whatever decision we make, we make together. I think I think Gonzaga. Like you said, we're I think the two of us. Get, we we lived in in a time of opting out is now a thing. Like Jalen Johnson has made it a thing. So why why not? If they opt out, I, if I am the new Pac-12 commissioner, whoever I call both those schools. Why why? <laughs> Gonzaga should opt out of every WCC. Yeah, just every single and, and one. And join the Pac-12. Literally every like, single one. Like, literally, the Pac-12, I'm like, let's call them right now. It looks like they are yeah, open. Arizona's not playing in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. Plug in Gonzaga. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Done. Yes. 
Here we go. Other notes I have. Uh, uh, UCLA, they got uh, Amari Bailey, number oh, three recruit. This, this was yep. big news, yep. Uh, Five-star. Five number star. number three junior right now. So he's not going to come next year, correct? He's, mm-hmm. he's the year after. 2022. So he's a little yep. far away. But this is uh, this is big news because this is the second time Amari Bailey. Look at that. He goes between his legs in a dunk. Looks very That's, Cassius Stanley. Yeah. Dude, it's kind of dumb how all every guy can go between his legs now. If, yeah. every, if every dunker can go between their legs, can any of them go between their legs, you know? I mean, dumb, like, I'm saying it as a hater, because I can't, obviously. No, but, but you're right. It's kind of like the Hezzy, like, when, like, Sham God and some of these younger guys. Like, yeah. even, I remember I watched Sebastian Telfair play, and I know people are like, Sebastian <laughs> Telfair really got you? But, like, I watched him dribble basketball and do all these Hezzy moves, and I'm like, man, this yeah, is, this like, insane. Is... So now I feel like it's almost every guard I watch has yeah, guys... a very similar package. Guys going between the like going between the legs, whatever dunk contest it was that debuted, yeah. you felt like you you saw man touch down on Mars. Well, that's why you and know LeBron now, James, the smartest thing he ever did was never do the dunk contest because yeah, it, it is it is too hard to impress. Now we've seen too. Even much. if you impress now, Tate, you're gonna look back. You watch the yep. Dominique Michael Jordan dunk contest, boring. Mm. After Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, I don't care about that. I mean, <laughs> like I care because it's like I know the guys that are doing it, but like the dunks themselves, yeah, yeah. no, boring. Get it out of my face. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, he committed, but he committed to UCLA uh, with Steve Alford as a coach. So this is the second time. So this does this count as two five-star commitments for UCLA in the class of 2022 wow. from the same guy? Wow. He committed, decommitted, and is then he, is cr- he committed Compton, to Is he Compton Magic? I don't know. Okay. He's Sierra Canyon, I know. Oh. I didn't know that. So he's probably, he's probably Compton Magic. Have you seen the – this is a quick aside, West Coast basketball, though. This is still Pac-12 update. Have you seen the trailer for the Sierra Canyon team? Have you seen this? They have a trailer. Oh, yeah. They have a whole series coming out on IMDb TV <laughs> about Sierra Canyon. And, uh, like, the main crux of the doc- – you have to see this. I'll show it to you later. <laughs> the main crux of the thing is, like, you know, you're 20 minutes in. They're playing, like, all these songs, like, gang, 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 gang. It's, like, all of them with each other. And uh, Bronny's right there. And he goes, what's up, I'm Brian? And he goes, real name LeBron, though. And then, like, the beat hits. It's like him dunking. <laughs> we should review. When's it coming out? It's so good. We got to do it. Can I we got, just put this on the yeah, big screen and, yeah, like, do a show we, where we just watch we it? Should. And do it's it. so good. It's a it mystery really science theater. Just <laughs> it's it's the, it literally the line, real name LeBron, though. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> gang, 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 gang. This is them dunking all over. It's uh, Amari Bailey committed to UCLA <laughs> with a tip and edits, Tate. They tipped and edits. Oh, can I look at yeah. what was... I don't know. What's what's twi- Tipton Edits handle? At Tipton Edits? I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But there was a picture... They follow us. Shout out Tipton Edits. There was a picture of uh, oh, Holly Pavilion it. under the Hollywood sign. <laughs> I got it. And I just wanted to shout out the creative direction of Tipton Edits. That they just were like, yeah, that's in LA. That's in LA. <laughs> and, yeah. Hollywood... Like Westwood and Hollywood are very... It's a very far drive. <laughs> it just says good just looks. Like, throw, yeah, good looks. <laughs> I love it. So, Mari Bailey, welcome to Hollywood. Uh, yes. Definitely the exact same thing as Westwood. Uh, what else do I got? Uh, Boise State beat Utah State, mm. officially off the fraud power rankings. Boise State is now in first place in the Mountain West. Apologies to Andy Katz. I can't believe I ever doubted you. Uh, but there's a moment in time where Boise State deserved the fraud I'm still not rankings. that impressed with that win by Boise State, yeah. I will say. Utah, but, you State, know. Utah State swept San Diego. I mean, they're in first place in the Mountain West. Okay. That has right. to matter right. a little bit. You can't, right. you can't do any better than that. They you? should have a blue court. I mean, I don't know if they do, but like they, they got to do something. Yeah. I need Boise State to do that stamp, you know. Uh, finally, I love Justice Suing. He's a Cal transfer. Mm, he plays for Ohio State. I just want to shout him out. 16 points against Indiana. and uh, I think he's my favorite player on Ohio State. Do, Not that he's the best player, but I think yeah. he's my favorite player. He didn't do much tonight against doesn't State, have to. But he doesn't, doesn't have, have to. to. That's the yeah. joy of how good Ohio State is. So, EJ Odell. Right, that brings us to uh, the, the final thing we're going to do here, fraud power rankings, and then we'll talk to John Beeline. 
Um, so yeah, the, that's the, the the no need to set it up. You guys know how the fraud power rankings work. Uh, these are these are your Pac-12 fraud power rankings. Uh, at number five, Tate, we start with the St. Mary's Gales. We just watched Gonzaga destroy St. Mary's. They're they're eleven and seven on the season. They were picked third in the WCC behind uh, Gonzaga and BYU. So if if all played out like it was supposed to, Gonzaga and BYU opting out would make St. Mary's the favorite mm-hmm. to win the WCC tournament. Not so fast. They are currently in next to last place. The only team they're better than in the standings right now is Portland, who just fired Terry Porter. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so bad that they fired their coach midseason. Um, and, yeah, that, that's it. So I St. Mary's, we watched them play Gonzaga tonight, and uh, I think it ended up being a kind of close. I think they lost by, like, 20 or something was all. But we were watching the game. They, they Gonzaga could have won by 60. Could, they could have won by 70. There's no tell. The only reason St. Mary's lost by 20 is because of Gonzaga's mercy. And I just want to point out, uh, it, it's it's a bummer because I I have been to a game at St. Mary's in Moraga, California. I this was when I lived in Ohio and I flew across the country to go to the Gonzaga St. Mary's game. It was one of the wildest experiences of my life to be in that little sweat box of a. What year is this? 2017, 2016. This was. Yeah, man, I forget. It was, it was, it was a, it was, it was Grantland. I did it. For it was, Grantland. Oh, it was Grantland. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. so it was way before. It was like 2013, 14, yeah, 15. Yeah, Ringer, yeah. Ringer wasn't paid for that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> of course, come on. Uh, That's more what I was asking for. I was like, wait a second. So I remember watching the Gonzaga St. Mary's rivalry. <laughs> I taken it in, and I was yeah. like, Gonzaga ended up winning, I think. But I thought, like, man, this is this is this is every bit as good mm-hmm. as it's supposed to be. Whatever. The point is, I know St. Mary's wasn't supposed to be awesome. I know Gonzaga might. This might be one of the best college basketball teams we've ever seen. Time will tell where 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 we land on that one. So I didn't expect St. Mary's to win this, but like, come on, you get, we, we this was it, it was it was a sad scene. That's all I'd say. Watching this game tonight was a sad scene. So you get number five on my fraud power ring. Yeah, it made me miss Jock Landell. It made me list uh, you know miss the the past era of St. Mary's basketball. But I think that they will be back. And I yeah. think the the thing that really sucks about St. Mary's was they had this corner where it was like they had the Aussies and the yeah. international guys that were coming in there and it feels like Mark Few and Gonzaga like kind of they manifested took that. it. They yeah. had they had slow ball uh yeah the, the, I mean Bennett ball Randy Bennett used to be the Bennett ball slow it down. Yep. Uh Tony yep. Bennett said no I'll take that from you. Thank you. Yeah I, the identity of St. Mary's has been stolen. It's, so we want to point that been, out. Yeah. We understand it we see the originators. But you're also frauds. Uh <laughs> number four uh on my fraud power rankings UNLV eight and mm. eleven um also in the Mountain West uh, not also in the Mountain West. <laughs> Who cares? It's all the same. They're seventh in the Mountain West, uh, five and seven. And the reason I, I it's time to call them out, call out the Rebels, is because we saw them in Maui, uh, in Maui, North Carolina. Um, and the first the first glimpse of North Carolina this season uh, that we saw in person was that North Carolina's first game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, North Carolina. Not their first game, but the, the first. That was game the first in Maui. game in Maui. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, first, yeah. the first like real their first real big game. St- yeah. real game. Yeah. Uh, UNLV jumps out to a 13 nothing lead. Yeah, they're North being, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're working them. I'm working looking them. at you, and I'm saying, I think I am going to have to leave. Granted, it didn't go well after that, but mm-hmm. you, in that moment in time, the first six minutes, you saw the glimpse. Next day, they're playing Alabama, Tate, an Alabama team that now is in going to be a two-seed. Tier three going, team, says Tier Andy. three team, yep. says Andy Katz. Um, they are uh, they they are up like like the first twenty six minutes we'll say twenty five minutes I, mm-hmm. I I wrote it down twenty six but I, I went back and looked um the first twenty six minutes of this game it was like like UNLV was competitive they were winning I think I think the game was like tied with like thirteen or fourteen minutes left and ultimately Alabama ended up winning by ten or so but the point is they're competitive with a with the team of Alabama's uh, stature 
And it's just been a disastrous since, and it's time to call it UNLV. Because I remember thinking, like, UNLV might, you know, if you if you told me then, fast forward, UNLV is is knocking on the door for a tournament bid, I'd be like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense from what I've seen from them so far. Yep. Like, maybe they put it together. Not the case. They're horrible. So, UNLV, frauds. Yeah. Done. Yeah, and they had some guys, like uh, Caleb Grill was the one I was trying to look up. I was like, there was some guard on their team, and Bryce Hamilton. Bryce Hamilton, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. So. He's the big score. Uh, but... 8-11. Mm. Frauds. Uh, all right, number three on the fraud power rankings, Danny Peters. They had Chris Beard. Just think about that. <laughs> they did have oh, They had man. Chris Beard. Uh, number three is my former college roommate, Danny <laughs> Peters, who's an assistant coach at Arizona and uh, got the Poly Pavilion tonight, texted me a picture of you and I, our car- cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. This was like a half an hour before tip-off, too. <laughs> and he said, really? With like four question marks. <laughs> He felt betrayed. Actually, were we there? We kind of were there, I guess, tonight. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, is the third, right. this is another right. camera. Um, I love that Danny's and, dumbfounded. Every, like, even last year, yeah. like, after the game, we're like, we were in the Poly Pavilion area. We're yeah, like, he's like, how? He's like, why? <laughs> so you pulling for them? I was like, yes, Danny. We're at, yeah. Yes, we're here at the game. We're pulling for them. Uh, so I told Danny, I was like, I said, you, UCLA, I, I was like, I've been watching a lot of UCLA this year. I know you probably haven't. Mm. Um, I, I don't know how much scouting you guys did on these guys. But they have not been playing particularly well. Even when they win, they don't play particularly well. Again, so this like, is after the loss. You're like, I don't know how much you guys are scaling these guys. Obviously not a lot, based on what I saw tonight. No, I texted him before. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh and then he he was like he's like yeah we, we should be okay I, he didn't say they're gonna he didn't, yeah. it wasn't like we're gonna win but he's like yeah you know I we, I'm not worried yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to like I'm trying not to get Danny in too much trouble here but he was like he was like you know we're gonna play hard I, yeah, I, I like yeah. where we're I like my team mm-hmm. I like my team is mm-hmm. what he said you know and uh, your team sucks Danny. we'll take I just our chances point that yeah. out. your team sucks so uh, Danny called calling me out personally. Um, you deserve that. So, and we should go. point out, Danny, uh, during the montage for Sean Miller getting thrown out of the game last year, you were in. Yeah, there. you're you in there. You got a Danny. lot of shots. You got a nice handshake and a dab up on the way out from Sean Miller. I'm, so, I'm, shout out to you. Danny. I will talk a lot of shit about Danny Peters because I know there's no world there, you could. Everyone listening could send him the link to this show and be like, "Yo, Titus killed you. He, he was just ripping you to shreds." <laughs> he won't. I still won't listen. <laughs> There's nothing that could get that man to listen to this show. So. He's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Our top two. Here's where yep. it gets juicy. Here's here. I, I have I have established a Baylor and Gonzaga in the fraud power rankings of the Pac-12. Uh, number two. Idaho, 0 and 18. Mm. Uh, we talked about they they gave up a three at the buzzer against Idaho State to uh, uh, the, to to send it to overtime. They almost had a win. They they let it slip through their fingers. Um, and then tonight they were smacked by Portland State. They have now dropped to 0 and 18. Uh, they were supposed to play Gonzaga, by the way, December 14th. Th- those two schools are kind of next to each other because Idaho's on the the west part of Idaho. And yeah, Gonzaga's east. Yeah, like they're yeah. kind of they're like an hour and a half away. Yeah, they're not they were far. supposed to play this year. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that game happened? Gonzaga wins by 100. In my head, I see a picture of Corey Kispert, like Will Chamberlain, holding up 100. <laughs> 100 yeah. Uh, so Idaho, get it together, win a game. Yep. Uh, finally, Arizona State. They have they've had number one locked up. They're gonna have number mm. one locked up the rest of the season. Arizona State seven and ten lost at, by 18 at USC on Wednesday. Uh, they have not. I, th- this will blow your mind, Tate. The Arizona State Sun Devils this season have not won a game by double digits the entire season. They're seven and ten. None of those seven wins were by. At no point did they put it together. All that talent they have. At no point on one like playing garbage teams, the cows of the world. At no point did it all come together, and they like won by fifteen even. Mm-hmm. They haven't won by more than nine all season. I would say this: Bobby Hurley going into the season, he had all the hype in the world, and he won the off season. He won the P- he did the 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 Coach K Calipari like we get the recruits, we get the hype, mm-hmm. we're ready to go. You think we already won a national championship based on who we have here? And it's been a total dud. And it's one of those things where 
maybe Bobby Hurley has the Jay Wright, you know, moment of I don't need five stars. I need four plus players. You know, mm -hmm. I need guys that are Donovan Mitchells that I can then hopefully let them blossom into their full form. And I could see that with this team. You know, obviously they have Remy Martin. Remy Martin kind of gives me the Brad vibes. You know, Brad Davidson vibes mm -hmm. where. It's just too. It's just too far. Like we've hit our peak point. We're now on the back side <laughs> of the slide. You know. Yeah. You're not the preseason player of the year, um, and and just uh, all the hype. I feel bad for them, right? And I think Bobby Hurley needs a tough, gritty team. This is not that team. So, mm. so that's change why, of philosophy. That's why you're number one on the fraud power yeah. rankings. Yeah. That's what that's and you will not continue your fault, to be. So I I I'll, I'll put it. I'll say this: If Arizona State can get a winning record, I'll bump them down from number one. Mm. You got it. You got to get a, a winning record. They're seven and ten right now. So. You if have work I left to do. if I am a team in the Northeast or on the East Coast and I am looking for a coach, you know, even if I'm like Georgia Tech, it's like I would call Bobby Hurley. Look, Georgia Tech's not looking for a coach. Huh? I got one. I got a coach. <laughs> I got something. Uh, speaking of speaking of programs that might be looking for a coach, let's talk to a guy who's going to be asked to coach a lot of teams. Mm. I have a feeling. Mm. Um, who's very much available. Yes. He's doing stuff for Big Ten Network. That's why we have him on. He's a, he's a colleague of ours, technically, but he's also a coach. His name is John Beeline. We talked to him about Michigan, Ohio State, all this stuff. Here you go. Before we get to Coach Beeline, quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash, so you already know there's cash inside before even opening it. But in this case, it's stuff with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover something brighter. We're also brought to you by NetSuite. If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be taking it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place instantaneously. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash Titus. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Titus. netsuite.com slash Titus. And now, Coach Beeline. Michigan at Ohio State this weekend, the game of the year in college basketball. I obviously spend a lot of time talking about Ohio State on this program. I'm very proud of my alma mater. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't get the perspective much of those degenerates up in Ann Arbor, Tate. So we figured, what better man to give us an idea of what's going on in Michigan than, yes. the, greatest pro, than the greatest coach in program history, John Beeline is joining us now on the program. Coach, where, first of all, where are you? Where, where, where is life taking you these days? Where are you living? We see the, uh, the Michigan basketballs behind you. Um, but yeah, wh where are you right now? I'm in Ann Arbor. We never sold our house. When I went to Cleveland, we, uh, we were going to wait a little bit to buy a house. And we when we had to make that career change, we just sort of came back here. And we love Ann Arbor. So uh, it, it's good. And we're still, uh, my granddaughter's here, her children, or my daughter's here with my granddaughter and her two and my two grandsons. So it's good here in Ann Arbor. 
Michigan man through and through. Uh, Coach, I, I, we, we got to start here. So Jawan Howard obviously takes over for you, has um, taken what you have built, put his own spin on it, and, and has had just as much success, certainly to this point. I mean, obviously, we got to give him time to make some March runs and, and Final Fours like you did. But uh, yeah. so far, what we're seeing from Jawan Howard um, is I, I'm sure he, he has your stamp of approval. And uh, can, can you just give us an idea of uh, – you, you've done this before. You've, you've obviously taken over um, as a coach at different programs. How hard is this? What, what is the most impressive thing about this? Because of the track record of guys taking over for legends, and you are a legend. I, I, I won't hesitate to say that. The track record of guys taking over for legends in college basketball is not great. So what has been the most impressive thing from your perspective on what Juwan Howard's done this year? I think he's, you know, I, I've got to know Jawan for many years. Uh, he was w- one of the many alums that reached out to me. And, uh, you know, I think what he's, he's been able to blend really was, listen, it ain't broken here. We don't have to fix a whole lot, but I want to put my own identity on it too. And he's done that. I mean, watching, your ga- watching the games, there's some things that he did, he did that those guys were really accustomed to with us. And then he's put some great wrinkles in it uh, and really done a wonderful job. So, I, I love his demeanor on the sideline. I love the staff. He kept he kept uh, not only Saudi Washington but strength strength staff and everything. He's done a great job of blending what we really believed and putting his own identity in there. And, and coach, you still have players that are on this Michigan team currently, like Isaiah Livers, that you obviously coached and went to a Final Four with, and you know some of these players. So, how much of a connection do you have just being in Ann Arbor and seeing these players that you know so well, and they're still thriving under, you know, Jawan Howard? And it seems like you're tied to the program still, which is really cool. Well, I, I think it's a very uh, that's a slippery slope a little bit because you when you leave a program, you they don't need two coaches in their ear. Yeah. And so I make sure that I, li- I text them after some really good games, maybe when they need to pick me up, when they, go, when, when they went through the, the pandemic pause, I hit a couple of them. Uh, but I also, this is Juwan's team now, and this is not my team anymore, and I want to make sure that they hear that, that, those, those voices, mm-hmm. uh, the, the really important ones. But, you know, Isaiah Livers and, and Eli Brooks and Austin Davis and then the juniors, Brandon Johns, and, and then – you know, uh, I've known Franz Wagner, you know, <laughs> since he was a ninth grader. Yep. And, and so, you know, we've been he's he's done a great job there. And some of the other kids we recruited as well uh, that are that are there right now. Juwan has taken them in or he finished the job recruiting and it's turned out to be a great team, especially when he added the two seniors, yep. uh, the two transfers who are just hungry to win. They've done a great job with that. Co- Coach, we were talking off air before we, we started uh, on, on the show, obviously, uh, that. Um, the, the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry in basketball is very different than what it is in football. In football, the hatred is there. The, the, it doesn't matter who's won last year or how many in a row. When they're playing this year, they, they're at each other's throats. And we were, we were discussing, like, when you took over Michigan, uh, my, it was my sophomore year on, on the Ohio State team, and I don't remember ever, like, really thinking Michigan was a rival, and I don't say that uh, in, a, in a taunting way. We just kind of – we had a good thing going with our program. Yeah. You guys were trying to figure it out. And it wasn't until, like, kind of the trade. Burke, Nick Stauskas era of, of Michigan that you you guys were great. Ohio State is great. Obviously, Chris Holtman has kind of done the same thing Jawan Howard has, which has taken over uh, uh, and, and made a yeah, thing yeah. of his own. So um, I guess what my question is, is how do you perceive the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry in basketball? Uh, because we know Michigan State is your true rival in basketball. So like, what is, what is your sense on where the rivalry was when you were there, where it is now, where you think it's going, that sort of thing? I just think it's tough to have a rivalry like you have in football 
when you could play them three times in a year. Mm -hmm. And it still doesn't mean you could lose three times in a year and still win the national championship. So mm -hmm. there's it's yeah. a different <laughs> dynamic to it. But I, I guarantee you this is that the, uh, the, the our fans, I, our fans up here in Ann Arbor, when, when Ohio State comes in the building, there's no love lost there. <laughs> and I never felt any love in Columbus, not one time. So I think our fans get it, but it's not – it, with football, it is really determines your success that season, mm -hmm. and it, it does not determine the success. So we're playing Michigan State every year twice from mm -hmm. now on. That that that's that that's part of the schedule. We're not doing that with Ohio State, but the game still means a lot because they're two great programs, uh, without question. And coach, how hard is it? Because Titus and I, one of the stupid things that we do on our show, uh, we like to label schools, either a football school or a basketball school. And obviously, you know, you know, the rivalry, we know the history between Michigan and Ohio State football. But, you know, like Titus mentioned, I mean, you got the Thad Mata era. There's a lot of final fours, you know, and a lot of good basketball there. Then you guys in 2013, you're mm -hmm. right there on the precipice. 2018, we had a great time with that run as well, coach. So, we're we're just gonna ask the question: Is Michigan a football? Is Michigan a basketball school at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you are not getting me to answer that question. <laughs> you know what, Michigan? Michigan, Michigan is the greatest university in the world, <laughs> and their athletic department is second to none, and that goes with every single sport. So that's that's the answer I'm going to give you. Uh, every time. Well, hey, wait, let me ask you a question. Is North Carolina a football school We're now or a basketball school? Let me We're ask getting you close, that. Coach. Hey, Mac Brown's getting us close. I'm fine with it. I might take it up. I'm okay with it. Sam Howell for Heisman. Oh, man, Coach. I, I got you. Mac Brown is the man. He's done a great job. Coach, coach can run for office with answers like that. Uh, all right, we, we've been dancing around it, Coach. So uh, what? a few years ago, this is uh, – I want to give you a little backstory. So when we started this show – we had a young man who was a, a basketball player. He reached out to us, said he was a senior, about to join, about to uh, have his senior season um, on on a basketball team, and he wanted some like help because he might eventually get into sports media, and he wanted to just kind of pick my brain. And I talked to him and uh, gave him some some advice, whatever, and said, "I like that guy. I'm going to watch <laughs> him this year." That that kid's name was Duncan Robinson, mm. and so. Tate and I got very excited because in 20, the 2018 season, Duncan Robinson, to our knowledge, he was the first ever player who was actively playing college basketball who listened to our show. So we got really excited about it. We were going to follow him all year. And somewhere along the line that season, I think it was around January, you decided to not start Duncan Robinson. You decided to put him on the bench and, and start a freshman Isaiah yep. Livers who was averaging about three points a game. Mm -hmm. This enraged Tate and I. We, yep. were, not, we were not happy about we it. We thought it was about us, Coach. Yeah, we thought that we, you heard that he was listening to us. We were, and you were, like, we were so this. mad. We were like, who is this Isaiah Livers kid? What's going on? Uh, so Duncan graduates. He's obviously become the best shooter in the NBA. He's, he's mm -hmm. unbelievable. He's going to make all-star teams. It's just a matter of time. Uh, so I guess my question, Coach, is would you like to apologize to the listeners, to Tate and I? Like, what, what happened? What was going on there? Uh, well, he, he, here's the true story about it. Here's the true story is that, uh, and we just had this on the Big Ten Network, that over the, the eight games against high-level players, this is an amazing stat. Over the eight, first eight games that year, he was shooting less than 20% from three. Oh, wow. Less than 20%. So he was pressing himself. He was really not he, – he, was, he was like not hunting shots. He was questioning everything that he was doing out there. Mm -hmm. And so we just said to him, I, I, 
he's mad at himself. I said, mm. I'd rather have him to get mad at me. <laughs> and so we made that flip. He actually played just as many minutes, and he shot, listen to this, 41% the rest of the year, 41% from three. So sometimes you just got to make the – and he was the sixth man of the, of, the, of the year in the league, and we went to the final two. <laughs> so it worked out all right for everybody. So I'm sorry it made you mad. But sometimes coaches got to improve their team. And uh, him coming off the bench became a major reason why we were so good that year. Dang. I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting him to have numbers like that, Tate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got us, Coach. <laughs> Sounds like you were right. And, Coach, you happen to be in this great position right now, at least from our vantage point, where you are sort of, you know, able to look in, you know, from your own vantage point, check in on a lot of different programs, mm-hmm. obviously have the relationship with Michigan still, but you can survey the college basketball landscape. And, you know, we're not going to ask anything specific about, you know, your plans in the future, but just in general, how nice is it to just, kind of take a seat back and and watch all these different teams and figure out you know play styles that you like or you know figuring out you know kind of what you may see for the future of college basketball in general yeah I've really enjoyed this I've I've said to several people I'm just I'm in a sabbatical whether I get back to coaching or not that that's a whole nother story but I'm in a sabbatical this has been a great time for me to just sit back here here's what what you probably need to know any coach in the Big Ten or any coach anywhere in the country, I, I guarantee you, Roy Williams is not on a Saturday at home watching a Big Ten game that he's yeah. not going to play anybody. <laughs> yeah. He's try, yeah. he's getting ready for his next ACC game. We don't watch other te- other conferences. We just and that's why conferences get so much alike in style. We just watch each other mm. on video over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get to study. And now I've been able to do some of that, or just really look back and. I've done three Nebraska games, and I, I feel like I really know Fred Hoiberg right now, what he's trying to accomplish. Then I've done Minnesota, Penn State. I'm just watching these things, and it's really unique uh, that I can do this and really learn. Uh, I, bet, I, I know I've improved as a coach in this offseason without question. So you say you like it now, but let's fast forward to this spring when guys start getting fired and John Beeline's name is coming up for literally every single job in the country and, and, and people are throwing out your <laughs> It name. is true, Coach. Are you, you are the hottest name in the country. Prepared, every program wants John you, Beeline. Have you prepared for that, Coach? Like, in all honesty, how do you uh, – you're gonna your phone's going to be blown up, whether it's athletic directors or it's, like, newspaper guys mm-hmm. or, like, we heard this rumor that mm-hmm. this booster – we were tracking your flight. Are you, are you prepared for flight trackers? <laughs> yeah. People are going to be tracking every move that John Beeline makes <laughs> – from April till May, like the March, mm-hmm. April, May window. Are, are, are you ready for that? Like you can't relax. I, I, I'm very, re- I'm very relaxed right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to do the best I can do. The best I can do to be, to be a guy like you, to be able to have all these Twitter followers and be a, be a great resource for college basketball, sort of a, a guy that really the smartest guy in the room, like you guys, that's what I want to be like. Coach, really be able to say all these very, very intelligent things about the game. Coach, I got a, I got a tip for you to build your media brand then in that regard. Uh, you should you should do what Jawan Howard did where uh, in, in August, I think he, he was uh, he put out a statement that he said, I actually had it written down. He said, there is a report of my name as a potential candidate for NBA coaching opportunities. While I am flattered and I know it will more than likely happen again, I am not exploring, seeking, or listening. I'm the coach mm. of Michigan. I think you should do this for college jobs. I think you should put out statements unsolicited and just be like, I'm flattered that some people want me to go I'm hearing the Duke. noise. Yeah, I'm hearing noise that yes. people want me to take over for Coach K. <laughs> I'm not interested, you guys. I'm not interested. And then it becomes like a story about how many times you're saying. Humbled, yeah. honored. <laughs> 
I'm not interested in Kentucky, you guys. Please. <laughs> oh man, I'm not. I'm not going to go any He's further on no that comment. one. You guys, yeah. you guys have got further along with me than, than anybody uh, trying to get really what what's in my head out of me because. I got I got all kinds of things going on here, but I love doing this media. Well, well, back back to this this Michigan team uh, right now. I think one of the unheralded heroes of of the rebuild. No, it's not a rebuild because you left you left the program obviously in good standing. But this Juwan Howard era is a uh, Phil Martelli, a guy who mm. was the St. Joseph head coach forever. Oh um, yeah. is, is now uh, an assistant on Juwan's staff. He was smart enough to get a guy like him who's a, a, a veteran, been a head coach, won a ton of ball games. Yep. Again, we're definitely not asking what the future holds for John Beeline, but you have been in a, a head coach your entire life. That was always a fun little trivia nugget about you is that you were never an assistant. Does any part of you, maybe potentially hypothetically, look at Phil Martelli, talk to him a little bit, and say, like, maybe that's like a fun little <laughs> role where I, have, I don't have the pressure of being a head coach. Maybe I try an assistant role somewhere where I'm kind of – helping a guy out here and there. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this, that Phil Martelli, uh, Duane's made a lot of great moves, but Phil Martelli is one, is one, of, it, one of his best, without question. And it was so ironic because when, when Phil uh, left St. Joe's uh, and, Juwan, and I knew they were interviewing Juwan and Juwan and I were talking, I was going to tell him about Phil Martelli and he asked me first, what do you think of Phil Martelli? <laughs> and it's really worked out well. Mm-hmm. Without question. Uh, and then obviously kept Saudi Washington, who was really a champion. Somebody do, Saudi, the, do, the, do the work on Saudi Washington and see every program he's involved with wins and wins big. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, and, and I don't know Coach Presley very much, but I do know that those guys, they have done a great, great job there. And uh, but I, I do not think uh, that the assistant coach at that level is what is in the cards for me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can, I, can, I can qualify that right now. <laughs> all right, all right. No, we love that. Sure. That's a scoop right there, Coach. That's all we need. Yeah, our, our show got a scoop. John <laughs> Coach, we'll, we'll be a head coach. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, how about this? Here, here's an idea. Uh, you and, and, and uh, Coach Mata, who I played for Ohio State, also is in the similar boat. Like, you guys, you guys had great runs, by the way. I mean, yep. we should point that out. We're talking Ohio State, Michigan. The two of you, um, it, 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 was, it, was, it was so fun to watch you guys coaching against each other. Maybe you and him and, and Bo Ryan, you guys just start like a coaching consulting mm-hmm. firm where you, you, you just help guys out. Like, you're, you're, you're coaches for hire just like for one game. You do some scouting here and there. That would be awesome. That'd be something there. <laughs> no, I, and I, I really have. I have a lot. I have several. I don't know what the number is, uh, but it's seven or six or seven now. A couple guys have got let go, but head coaches, the former assistants or players that are head coaches. And I, and I love I love just doing that with nothing to lose. You mm-hmm. mentor guys or they call you after a game and you talk it. You talk through their game. I'm watching games on my phone. Oh, they're ahead at half. Oh, no, what's happened or, or I watch them. Uh, you really get in. You, re- you really pay attention to all those things. And so I. Anytime anybody can talk to Bo Ryan or Thad Mata, right, about basketball, uh, open up your ears and listen to everything they say because they've won everywhere they've been and incredibly storied careers as well. Mm. We, we've let you get away with some uh, politician answers <laughs> here on this, on this interview. We're, we're going to put you on the hook this time. Before you go, give us a prediction. Sunday, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. How mm. do you see it, Coach? It is uh, – it's – the crowds are, you know, without, without are they letting people into the game in Ohio State? Not really. What's going I mean, on I, down I, there? Any any fans there? Well, coach, if you know how it is at the shot, does it matter if there are fans there or not? It's going to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's I mean, we didn't win there very often, but you know, they just went to Purdue and won easily. 
uh, and they went to Wisconsin one. We didn't win there. I don't mm. put anything past Michigan right now because of the veterans they have on the team. However, Ohio State has great veteran leadership too. Uh, Chris has been in the league now for what three or four years. Uh, Jawan's team is rolling. Uh, it's really it's going to be a great basketball game. I just hope it has all the excitement, right, of the uh, of the, those games that Thad and I had mm-hmm. that were incredible games for so many years there. So many years. And, and so this guy, it's going to be a really tight one, I think. Uh, I, I, Michigan hasn't been in a lot of tight ones. Ohio State has. That could be a factor. But I don't put anything past Michigan right now. They, mm. could, they could win out. They could actually win mm. out. They're so talented. Unbiased mm. opinion, Coach. We'd love to see it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Coach, we appreciate you making time for us. Uh, I hope on, I hope your prediction is not true. I hope, I hope it uh, is, Coach. I, I'm going to be pulling for the Wolverines. I'm right there with you. Coach of the year, Jawan Howard. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me on. I, 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 you, guys, you guys are tough. You try to get some pretty good stuff out of me. So, what, but you're what really the, good and you get to college basketball. So I appreciate you. Coach, we'll have to have you back when uh, the coaching carousel is, is going and, and, and we'll have to do some PR spins for you here. Or Whatever you need, Whatever coach. you need, we're yeah. here for you. All yeah. right. Not on your life. Not on your life. <laughs> won't be on. So see you later. See you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. As we all know, trying different wine is one of the best ways to find new favorites, yet sometimes buying wine you've never heard of before, never had before, whatever, doesn't pay off. Literally, you, 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 this, is, this is the frustration. You mm-hmm. want to try new stuff, but then you, you pay for it, you take it home, you try it, it's not as good, and you say, damn it, why didn't I just stick to the stuff I have all the time? There's got to be a better way. Folks, there is. It's called First Leave, a wine club membership like being a VIP in the world of wine. You can discover top-rated wine at an exclusive discounted cost cost with practically zero effort. First Leaf sends personalized selections of wine from top vineyards around the world right to your door. Every bottle is handpicked by experts with your exact preferences and palate in mind. No more guesswork or letdowns, and you'll get incredible wine at much lower prices. First Leaf works directly with world-class winemakers, saving you up to 60% off retail on award-winning wine. I don't do this often, Tate, but I am putting my own personal stamp of approval on this um, this, it doesn't say it in the copy. It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. I, I'm not required to do this. Uh, but I use First Leaf. I, I have used it for a long time. Um, it is unbelievable. They send. The, the, I've never once had a wine I didn't like. And it's uh, the the joy of it is it's uh, it's it's wine that you could take to your friend's place. Like you go to a party or something. You take some First Leaf uh, a wine you got. It's not the same garbage that your friends are buying at the store. They, they send you some different stuff, mm. and they're like, oh, my God, where'd this come from? And you need to come make up a story and pretend like it's some exotic thing. And it's like, no, it just came to my door because First Leaf's <laughs> the best. Uh, discover a wine like a VIP by becoming a First Leaf member. Join today, and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. Also want to talk about Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy, though. Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home, such as dancing with tag team as you're making ice cream and and throwing sprinkles in the air, all that kind of stuff. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. One of the other big games we saw tonight, Tate, uh, certainly coming in, it ended up being not that great of a game. Iowa, Wisconsin. This was this was one we had circled. One we decided we wanted to watch together. One, uh, you know, that I think most of America, if you're a college basketball fan, you were locked in on this one. Um, Iowa at Wisconsin. Uh, th- th- these are two of the three big three coming into the Big Ten season. Mm. Um, 
Iowa is starting to figure it out. Yep. I we, we we talked about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna. It's impossible to prove this, but I swear to God, Tate and I, when this game started, we both looked at each other. We're like, I don't. I'm not selling my Iowa stock yet. Yes. I still believe in Iowa. I said to you, I am actually very happy that Iowa is not the Michigan right now in the Big Ten, where they are actually the team that is on the forefront, where everyone's like, that's the best team. I think that's yeah. the best, or even Ohio they, State. I guess those two teams are right. They there. were definitely sliding in my mind, like because yep. because you know when we were doing the the uh the how the fan bases feel i said like i think iowa was like a putting on a brave face if mm-hmm. i remember right mm-hmm. but i it wasn't like it's over it was like right now i'm not feeling in this great moment about, in time yes. but we could figure it out later it was mm-hmm. just like we're at a crossroads mm-hmm. is february fran rearing his ugly head is if it, if so maybe march fran you know we'll figure it out but like I, 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 they're, they're too good. They're, they're, they're so good. They're, Luca Garza is going to win National Player of the Year. Joe Wieskamp's amazing. Uh, CJ Frederick, who every Iowa fan on earth is, is, is making this guy out to be like he's, he's freaking Kawhi Leonard. Like, I mean, a, it, a wing it, defender. I, I will like, say, like, like our, our defense. When he played it, I got a little good. bit of confidence. I'm like, all right, CJ Frederick's back. Let's go. Uh, even that's I mean, every, how, yeah, every Iowa fan, because like the mo- <laughs> what I said, like, if I was an Iowa fan, I'd be a little discouraged as to what I've seen in the last few weeks. And every single one of them, like yeah, well, CJ Frederick, like when he plays, we're, we play lockdown defense, and I'm like, <laughs> that guy is—they're not exactly wrong. Like that's the story of Iowa right now is the defense yeah. is kind of rounding the corner. Uh, Sean Farnham on ESPN, I believe, made that made the argument if 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 Iowa can just buy in on defense, and mm-hmm. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the the idea of just buying in. Yeah. I love that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Just buy in. All you gotta do is buy in. Fran McCaffrey walks into practice, practice, and goes. <laughs> Guys, look, we've been selling. Let's start buying. <laughs> He's passing around the offering plate. He's like, everybody buy in, and we're good, and we'll be fine. Uh, as it turns out, that's kind of true. I mean, they 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 yep. play they play not great, but like they play good defense. They play defense. They play defense. We'll yeah. put it that way. And and Iowa's offense is unbelievable. It, it, it should be pointed out for everything Gonzaga's doing. Uh, Baylor's offense is out of this world. Like how how good a shooters they have. Everything. Iowa has consistently been the best offense in college basketball all season, and 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 that's not going to go away anytime soon. So, and it's the only reason that they are who they are and the team that they are. And I think you know when you look at them, you see Luca Garza, who's kind of this big, you know, he he does not he's not sexy, right? You don't see no. Luca Garza and say like that's the team, that's the guy I want to ride with. But as a North Carolina fan, when I watch them make 17 threes. You see why this Iowa team is so dangerous because it is very much an inside-out attack. Luca Garza gets 25 and 10 in his sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize as it's happening, but it is happening. And then Wieskamp, I think, has somehow become underrated. He's shooting over 50% He's now unbelievable. This, like, from the three-point line. That's I'll too high, again, by the way. Wieskamp, if you're listening, you got to shoot more. Get that down. He's averaging five threes a game and is shooting over 50% from three. So you got to so, shoot more threes. Like, which is <laughs> crazy. That, that, that Those are crazy numbers. And Wieskamp is not just a specialist. He's a guy that can put the ball on the floor. Um, he, to me, is if Wieskamp has a good tournament and he's on, you know, hitting on all cylinders. Iowa is a very, very bad man. Wieskamp is an NBA player. Yes. He has to be, He's right? He's got Duncan Robinson vibes. Like, and I don't want to put that on him because I know it's a lot of a lofty thing to Listen, say. But not really because you're shooting 50% I, and taking five not, a game. I'm not an NBA scout. I haven't studied Wieskamp's foot speed on ball screen defense. I don't care. He I takes mean, tough threes the off man, the dribble. <laughs> the man's unbelievable. Yeah. The man makes shots. And I, I feel like at that level, you have to make shots. Yeah. And he does it. So uh, 
So take that. That's good, enough, that's good enough for me. Um, I so two thoughts coming out of this. Uh, uh, I guess that's how most games work because you have one thought on one team and one thought mm. on the other team. Mm. So Wisconsin. Um, I, I'm done. They're done. I, it's uh, like we 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 talked about like they're in wait till March mode. I, I I'm not. I if Wisconsin maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe they'll put it together and go on the lead eight, and pe- people will be you know throwing this back in my face and saying I don't care. It's worth it. It's still worth it to say I think they're done. I think it's like they just yeah. they, they look dead in the eyes. That's how I'd say it. They are. Yeah, I just said it when I was talking about Remy Martin, but it does feel like you know Reavers especially. Reavers is. I mean, Micah Potter might be a better you know big man for them right now as far as like moving forward with this yeah. team. And I'm not saying Micah Potter's necessarily ever going to be the answer for a team as their number one big man so in general this wisconsin team i liked in december in fact if you were to ask me in december you know a team that i would say is a dark horse sleeper team when we get to march wisconsin would have been one of them because of the fact that they have 24 year olds and 25 year olds but that also seems to be hurting them i don't know if it's uh you know the fatigue. they all seem sick of each other or yeah, something. yeah but yeah. like it's it's i don't know but like it, it's we, very strange it seems it's bizarre. like you overstayed your welcome you know and it's it's like time we got to wrap it up and uh <laughs> it really does and, and brad could come back you know i mean there there's micah potter could come back we're not saying that they will but that's the other part of this whole conversation where this team could just lose in the first round and these same guys come back and we have the same, you know what I mean? It, it could be belabored on. And Greg Gard's been there six years, um, which is crazy to think about. Even when they said that today, it hit me. I'm like, man, I feel like Bo Ryan left like two years ago, but that's where we are with this team. And it does feel very much, uh, you know, when Kobe left last year, Kobe King, that seemed like this weird, like what's going on in Wisconsin. Yeah. And then they locked in and were great. Yeah. And, you know, they were the hottest team, one of the hottest teams as we got to March, and then we didn't have a tournament. So that kind of has lingered with us. It definitely has lingered in my head when I think about Wisconsin, that version of them. But what we see now is what we saw when Kobe was still there. You know, Something before, happened. Yeah, yeah. Something happened between last year and they haven't really been inspiring all year. Yes. That, that's the way I would describe Wisconsin as uninspiring. Mm-hmm. It's just like they, they – it's – and Man, Brad had some moments your... in this game, like he got them back. That you know they if, they were fighting for a little while, but if just you never, there. if if we threw out everything about Wisconsin before this season, which is how it's supposed to work, you're not supposed to say like yep. you, you know. I mean, I understand preseason rankings. We look at last year and weigh that and stuff like that. But uh, as as it pertains, you know, in a perfect world, we're just treating every season in its own little vacuum. Um, you, you would never at any point this season believe in Wisconsin, really, right? Like I don't. I mean, they they smoked Louisville, but like that. Even I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, without Carlick Jones, Carlick Jones so, like who yeah, cares? Yeah. Um, so there, there's that. I it's 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 a bummer because like Wisconsin, I, I was ready for the, the, the I was ready for it to be a fun season with Wisconsin and Iowa being good. And Illinois has turned out to be every bit as good as. We were hoping they would at the start of the year, but we did um, know that when we looked at the Big Ten, there were you know there's going to be one team. Yeah, exactly. There, were, all, there were basically four teams mm-hmm. that were going to be legit, and Wisconsin was the odd man out. There so. was going to be one team that fell. You just that's just how it has to. And work. Michigan took their yeah. spot. In reality, yeah. Michigan bumped up, and yeah. then they were gone. Was there another team that bumped up, or you just, you just don't want to? I'm kidding me, dude. <laughs> Michigan took their spot. We'll see about that on Sunday. Uh, the other thought, Iowa. I love so, it so much. I just want to make it a rivalry. You know, it needs to be yeah. a basketball rivalry. I, no, just I just feel like we're we're playing the seed. Beeline was saying. I know. Beeline. Yeah, Beeline. I good. asked. Uh, he, he's, it's it's. It, it, we're getting closer. Yeah. Chris Chris Oldman put out. Uh, Chris Oldman has made so our football team, the Ohio State. Whenever you beat Michigan, you get like these gold pants. They make like these necklaces, and then you put a. Uh, 
these little gold like charms. I don't know what you would call them. Yeah, like little like Pandora. Yeah, sort. But it's like a little medallion that you just hang on your thing. Yeah, on your necklace. God, I don't know much about jewelry <laughs> terms, obviously. <laughs> um, but they're gold pants, and that's like been a tradition at Ohio oh, State nice, for nice. Oh, hundreds yeah, yeah, yeah. of years. Going yep. back to the 1700s. Um, <laughs> when you beat Michigan, you get gold pants. So uh, Chris Holtman has decided to start giving out gold jerseys, I guess. So, like, the basketball pro, like, they're basically mm. trying to make it a thing. Like, if you beat Michigan, you get your, I don't know. So you get your gold jersey. So he's trying to make, he's trying to, like, it's a little artificial, but a lot of rivalries are when you start them. Like, yeah. You gotta. I, and I think, like, Holtman in general, like, Holtman versus Juwan Howard is such a good mix of styles and coaches. And, like, yeah. they, they obviously are going to have a rev and respect for each other and they're also great in-game coaches like that yeah it is a good fit and it's the best thing about beeline today and we didn't even really talk to him about it but the fact that you had thad and beeline kind of have that rivalry and get it to this point and then now you've like passed the torch to these other two guys who are going to take Dude, it to the next it level never, it's pretty it, good. it never really works out where the legend whoever follows the legend yeah. never almost never works out and, and right that, now it's very early we should say yes. chris holman has still i i love him to death i will defend him to death but we should if i'm being fair and i that's we have job. to see it in march yeah he hasn't made a sweet 16 at ohio state juan howard hasn't even made a tournament because last year there wasn't a tournament yep. so uh we, we we still have to see that but as of, as of right now where we're sitting it's pretty insane that mm -hmm. ohio state and michigan both had the best coaches they've ever had in their program's history both of them leave around the same time and the guys that replace them with their so far yeah giving vibes that they're going to be every bit as good to put but, it in my terms um, they're on the rails back you know? to back to the other the big thing we we're talking about iowa wisconsin yes. uh, i had this question for you so what is it about luca garza uh who's going to win national player there he is just just embrace it america mm -hmm. just just accept it i guess you don't have to embrace it but accept it it's going to happen whether you want it to happen or not luca garza will be your national player of the year this year um why why is there such an inclination to fight against that? Why? I mean, we we fell victim to a last year that Obi Toppin dunked between his legs, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not yep. the, not Luca Garza, this guy. Um, and then even tonight, I, I as I'm watching Wisconsin Iowa, I, I was just trying to stir the pot a little bit, and I tweeted a poll, and I said, who's better, Frank Kaminsky or Luca? Who's going to be better remembered, mm. Frank Kaminsky or Luca Garza? And <laughs> Part of the Wisconsin like vitriol, the fans that got fired up about it were because they were watching Luca Garza beat their team's brains in. Uh, as I as I tweeted that out, but there just seemed to be like this the the backlash of Luca Garza is like get are you this is insulting and mm -hmm. I'm and I'm like I it's probably Frank Kaminsky, but it's not really insulting. Is like Luca Garza is unbelievable. Look at the stats he's putting. It's yeah. it's insane. It's it's the, like we've I wouldn't say we've never seen numbers like he puts up, but like. It, it's it's wild the, the the how good he is how much attention he demands every single scouting report uh, every team that plays Iowa they must spend eighty percent of their scouting on Luca Garza and he still is putting up these numbers and yet there's there's like this backlash of 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 him being boring of him yep. what, what what do you think is going on here Tate. I think it's fatigue, and I think it's, you know, like you said, last year we all watched, you know, Luca Garza dominate over here, but we watched, you know, another guy dominate with Flash, and mm -hmm. that was Obi Toppin. So we all had a guilt, or whatever you want to call it, that lingered as we got into the offseason. You and I, and when we did our previews, I think I pretty much said, and let, barring something crazy, Luca Garza will win now. We said we owe you one, Iowa. Exactly. Sorry about that. Straight yeah. up. Like, that was the, that thing that's been the sentiment of the, the AP, of ESPN, of Bleacher Report, of Titus and Tate, whatever outlet you want to put, you know, and pick out. Uh, and say, like, what is your national player of the year? It's all Garza. It is now, he's run away with it. Dick Vitale tonight told us that, that he had, he's already run away. Baby, he's already run away with it. It's not yeah. even close. Yeah. But if you, 
you know, but if you look at like Drew Timmy is shooting the same percent from the three point line. Yeah. You know, Drew Timmy, like they, there could be an argument that could be made that Drew Timmy could be national player of the year. You know what I mean? And I could hear, but I'm just saying this as like an example, right? In the world of college basketball, yeah. you could pick these great players. Io DeSumo, you could pick him. Io DeSumo is the one now. That, he, yeah. Here's the one that we ride. Jared Butler, yeah. here's the one that we ride. But at the end of the day, Luca Garza has been so consistently great and so consistently, you know, phenomenal beyond what we even expected. The fact if you told me he's going to have seven 30 point games, <laughs> like I wouldn't have thought that. And, I, and if you I, told I me that, I would have said it's a guarantee that he got national player of the year with that, but we're fatigued by it. We're not accepting it as this amazing thing because it doesn't happen and blow your mind. In fact, half the time I look at the stat, it's very Tyler hands, bro. I look at the stat sheet and I'm like, he had yeah. 28 and 17. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I thought he had like 16 and 10, you know? But he just, the, the numbers are there. The stats yeah. are there. He is involved in everything yeah. while he's on the floor. But it just, it, it like, it like washes over you. He's and you not don't embrace boring, it. but he's boring. You know, yes. like he's yes. not, boy, like you watch, like the idea of a big man who's got, he moves like he's got and, and, and play, he's got power. He's got finesse. Maybe not, he's not the most fleet of foot guy we've ever seen, but he yeah. can, you know, it's not like he's just He shoots like, threes. And then he steps out and shoots threes. Like, he shoots 43% from three. It's not like this guy only, you know, goes down on the block and backs you up. He takes yeah. little turnarounds. He takes elbow jumpers. And like, he has variety to the way he scores the basketball and plays the game. Yet, the 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 common perception and understanding is that he is just going to, like, bomber. get the ball. Like, he's yeah, just, yeah, 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 it's it's very strange. And then, like, Io, <laughs> listen, Io DeSumo is, he, he's unbelievable. You can't say enough good things about him. He's he, not he's, Brian he's Zubek. Clutch. He gets talked yes, about like he's Brian he, he gets Zubek. talked about as Brian yeah. Zubek. Uh, Io DeSumo has been unbelievable. He's, 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 especially down the stretch, he's, he's like almost single handedly winning games for Illinois. Um, but, you know, like it's just because Io DeSumo hits like a couple shots against Northwestern late, I, I, there's that element of it too. It's just like when you're, Io DeSumo has like the, the Heisman moments, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. And Luca Garza doesn't really ever have Heisman. There's never, you know, it's just yeah. kind of a steady, slow, just keep chipping away, yeah. keep chipping away at all times, and never stop that process. And and Io is like sometimes feeling a game out, and then all of a sudden he'll go on a nasty run, and and put a team on his back, then he'll hit a clutch shot, and then everyone watching is like, clip that up, put it on Twitter. I, I saw I just, and that's not to say I would assume it was not great. And, and if and honestly, in any other year, maybe I would assume should should win National Player of the Year. But like, it's it's just weird that that it, I think you're right. I think it's fatigue because I think Luca Garza that he he hasn't hit. He doesn't have his highlight reel isn't impressive, probably. But he needs he needs it all like, looks the same. But he needs something. He needs like whether it even be like an offensive rebound or something. Like he just needs some sort of like big moment in a game against an Illinois or against someone where yeah. we where people can see and say, oh, that's oh, that's that's, right. that's why. Now I see it. Now I get it. Now I understand it because it does feel like even the games that are supposed to be his big games, like they played North Carolina. They're so much better than North Carolina this year. Yeah. So it's like you don't even have these moments where he can have, you know, those quote-unquote Heisman moments or Naismith moments but, or whatever yeah. you want to call them. And that's what he needs, and I hope that they come in March. I hope that they come maybe in the Big Ten tournament at some sorts. But yeah. if it doesn't come, he never lost the award, and he definitely won the award. And I think that's the other part. A lot of people are acting like he he deserves the legacy it he award. Didn't lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like no, he won it. Like he yeah. won. Open it. your eyes, yeah. watch him play basketball. <laughs> he won it. And Io won Big Ten Player of the Year. You, you I would love that. Yeah, that's think, what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting yes. for Io winning Big Ten Player of the Year and Luca Garza winning National Player of the Year. And it's, everyone's it's happy. Jay Will, Juan Dixon in 02. Great uh, year. Nick Collison, someone pointed this out to me. Nick Collison won 
Big 12. It was, it was a Big 12 then. It wasn't Big 8. That's not that far back. <laughs> <laughs> Big 12 player of the year in 03, and uh, TJ Ford won some oh, national player. Yeah, 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 yeah. With David West. Yeah. Split him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that, that was an interesting – just an observation I have. is like Luca Gar- – it's the most uh, – I guess pun intended, Luke uh, Warm – lukewarm player of the year we've had in a very long time yes like hansborough the, the the difference hansborough was on like teams that were national title get like everyone believed in it like even if you didn't think hansborough was all that great and he's shooting from his hip and all that tyler hansborough was tim tebow to, to he was like tim put, tebow yeah, it was but, just like we can't stop this so even i even, hate him i don't like him yeah. but man i can't stop and the it. team like no no one was doubting how good north carolina yeah, was yeah. I mean, so danny green Tyler. so even if Allison, yeah. even if you're like hansborough's not that good you're like but still he's obviously the best player on this team that's unbelievable so all right whatever yeah i mean the the one that I go back to, if we're doing like, is Luca the most boring sense? It'd probably be like Andrew Bogut in 05, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That would probably be the answer. No disrespect, again, no disrespect I mean, to Andrew Bogut, but it's sort of the similar thing. We're just like putting up insane stats. People are kind of bored with it, but like, damn, it's undeniable. So here you go. Yeah, well, no Andrew Bogut was the number one pick, and Garza's gonna go. I was gonna say, like, no one really even knew what to do that year. Yeah, they were just like, I guess he is the guy. Uh, anyway, um, all right, let's wrap this up. Shout out to close us. We got man. I, I just wanted to, as you just said that, I just wanted to shout out to the bigs. Uh, just in general, I feel like that's the other part of this Luca Garza thing. Um, Andrew Bogut in 2005, you know, that was the understood. You know, we're 20 years from Patrick Ewing going number one in 1985, yep. the first year of the lottery. If you're a big man and you're seven feet tall you go number one that's an understood thing now we have luca garza who's you know 15 16 would you draft him (laughs) that's what i mean like so i you know shout out to luca garza for one just you know putting up with the fact that like that is where we are where things have just gone so drastically i think you know ridiculously the wrong way um and two just shout out to the bigs in general because they have to put up with a lot of bs in the world of basketball and uh He's doing it. He's. I want to shout out Isaac Brown. Uh, I said it at the top of the show. We didn't go. really. We didn't have enough time, I guess, to get to Wichita State, Houston, really talk about that much. But uh, interim coach at Wichita State was an assistant on Greg Marshall's staff, I believe. Um, Greg Marshall, obviously, we know how that ended up. Um, mm. He he's now taking over interim coach. Didn't know a ton about this guy, from being completely honest, Tate. And then I was looking into it more tonight as we were prepping for the show after they after they won and everything. Uh, he's been an assistant his entire life. Fifty one years old. Um, he, at one point he was an assistant at community college. He was an assistant at his, uh, his own high school that he went to. Um, anyway, it, it's, uh, it's a story that I feel like as we start peeling back the layers, it's going to get more, he's going to be easier and easier to cheer for because yeah. he's 51 years old, never been a head coach before. Uh, and now it's looking like, like that's the chatter coming out of this game is that he just got himself the interim tag removed. That's what people mm. are saying. Mm. Whether it happens or not, I think it should happen because it wasn't just one game. Wichita State is now being in the conversation of maybe getting a getting at large in the NCAA tournament. Um, but yeah, they it wasn't just they lost Greg Marshall. They 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 were picked to finish seventh in the in the American this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were that basically was, written off. Yeah. That was with Greg Marshall Tate. They were yep. picked seventh with an understanding that Greg Marshall would coach the team. He is not coaching the team. They had like seven guys transfer in the offseason. Yeah, at least. The, I mean, yeah. the program has been absolutely gutted, and they are now in first place in the American. They didn't just beat Houston. They are – Wichita State fans just say it wasn't an upset. We're better than them. We are in first place in the American. So 
Um, anyway, shout out, shout out Isaac Brown. And it's also a shout out just to Wichita State because that is one of the programs in Kansas in a basketball state that has been so good. And mm-hmm. when you lose someone like Greg Marshall, and obviously it had a lot of, you know, not great circumstances around that, but you lose a basketball guy, you wonder, you know, like what this program's going to look like. It's good to see Wichita State holding yep. their own and uh, getting it going. Uh, shout out for me. Shout out to James Booknight, um, our guy yes. from UConn. Yes. Uh, returns against Providence, throws down a big dunk. And uh, I think it wasn't like. We needed James Book Knight to, to turn on the Kimba candidate moment, you know, right then. But it was like a little like there wink, wink. Like, there you know, is. you know it's coming. Roll that again. I missed it. All I heard was we, imminent. All I heard in my head was roll, imminent. Look at this slow mo. <laughs> He's got the sleeves on, too. Yeah. I love that he wears number two, like LaMelo Ball. Dude, and uh, I love that he's got the JP sleeves on. <laughs> he's going to be he's gonna be a good one so to watch. Good. Uh, Dude, I get, I, I, give me Book Knight versus Io. Mm. Make it happen. Yeah, Please. that's good. That's Please. TV. Put UConn in the tournament, too. What are we doing? I mean, I, come on. I will say this. like As far as like putting the tournament together this year, it does feel like they need someone for you know entertainment value. Like I wish that you and I could be guys that they consult Absolutely, for entertainment dude. value. I, w- I will do it Just for give free. us a call. Yeah, we'll tell you free. what we need. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and putting if the seeding matches up because UConn <laughs> All right, first game, Iowa way. versus number 14 Dude, seed, Kentucky. Here it is. UConn's going to get a 10 seed, probably. Yeah. Illinois is going to get a 2. Boom, just put them right there. Ten, yep. UConn gets a 10-7 yep. game. Like, give UConn, like, Colorado or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get them out of the way. Yep. And then yep. we got the 10-2 game, second round, Illinois, UConn. Boom, done. How hard is it, committee? Mm. Easy. Boom. Um, yeah, book night's back. I'm, I'm excited. I love about it. That. I love it. Uh, I want to shout out the Vermont Countermouths beat UMBC at UMBC Tate. Mm. They have now they now take a one game lead in the America East. They are playing tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow being today, Friday. Um, they're playing Friday uh, again. So we'll we'll see. But for this moment in time, as we're recording, Vermont uh, has knocked off UMBC. Shout out Ryan Rosillo. Um, shout mm. out Jake Marsh. He's a Vermont guy too. Uh, and those are really the only two Vermont guys I know. But, uh, yeah, Vermont is currently in first in the America East, and uh, we we appreciate mid-major basketball in this program. We get accused of being blue bug guys, yeah. so uh, suck it, haters. Shout out to Ryan Odom. I uh, used to work with my dad. Shout out to Dave Odom, uh, who worked with us at the Asheville Maui Invitational. So, you know, a lot of yeah. connections there. Yep. But uh, UMBC, you still beat Virginia that one time. We all remember. Uh, I want to shout out uh, – what else did I have? Oh, NIT might be played in Indianapolis. Did you see this? Matt Norlander mm. is sort of reporting, but he's, like, burying it in this article he's writing. He's 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 kicking the tires on. The NIT, apparently, he's, he's suggesting the NIT – because the NIT is owned by the NCAA. Yes, yes. It's yes. run by the NCAA, I guess. I, I don't I don't know what the terminology is. It's a very is. ABA, NBA type yep. situation. Yeah. There is consideration of putting the NIT in Indianapolis. This is according to Matt Norlander's article. And uh, – the as a wait being, and see, right? As a wait and see. Wow. As a if if some teams have to bow out, you you put them in. So we'll, John Calipari's reading this, just looking at it. It's just like yes, Coach yes. K will play in yes. the NIT. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like we we're in the first floor and they announced, like God forbid, you know, insert team and insert team can't play, and now Duke and Kentucky will <laughs> move into the first, first floor. Yeah. <laughs> you want to, dude? Entertainment value. Yeah, like done. We'll watch that. You talk about Tuesday night basketball. Like that's good. Done. Uh, <laughs> I want to shout that out. Um, I, I guess that's it. Uh, uh, shout out, shout out to guy. I wrote down shout out to guys getting shots up after games. Um, yeah, th- this has been brought up throughout the season. A lot of people are pointing this out that like we're, we're breaking a record for the the social media play of like guys, uh, getting you know the the, 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 yeah. the social media people yes. love to say that like after the tough loss. Yeah, Caleb uh, Love is getting up. He, 
know, was, yeah, yeah 500 <laughs> shots. Just getting 500 shots. Yeah. So shout out to all you guys out there grinding, getting your shots up after the game. <laughs> um, oh yeah, voicemails. We're gonna play voicemails on Monday. We we talked mm, about. It. We decided. We want to do so. Keep keep them coming. Keep uh, calling. Take the number down. 302-470-8283 is the number. Um, we decided Monday's good because uh, a lot of the games are played during, like the weekends. Obviously, when college basketball shot. Yep. So we want to we want you guys to, to to call us over the weekend. Leave your voicemails as your teams lose. Michigan fans, again, the number is 302-470-8283. Take it down mm-hmm. when Ohio State kicks your ass, uh, and give us a call and tell us how depressed you are about it. Um, and we'll play them on the show. So we, we, we have been listening. So some of them are hilarious. They're some great. So They're great. Please <laughs> we'll keep play. calling. Please keep. It's so so fun. Um, speaking of which, should we make picks? Should we wrap this up? Yeah, with some yeah, picks? yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we got like what the three big games that we want to hit. Yeah. So Michigan. We should start with Michigan. Ohio. State. Okay. Easy. I mean, it's like I, I know. I know where you are. I well. I you feel it. So I thought Ohio State was just going to run them off the floor. Um, that was that was my inkling. So Ohio State avoids the trap game at Penn State tonight. Um, which. Ohio State, I swear to God, Happy Valley is the hardest place in the Big Ten to play. Like that place <laughs> is, it, it it doesn't matter the circumstances. It's a trap game. You could have no game. You could be the only game of the month, and it's still a trap game. I, I hate playing at Penn State. I hate every time we play at Penn State, and we won by ten. And we we yep. and so I I'm feeling really good about Ohio State. But then we talked to John Beeline. He's he's feeling good about Michigan. So I'm gonna give Michigan a little more credit than what I originally wanted to give them and i'm going to say ohio state still wins mm. but it's a little closer than i initially thought i say ohio state 81 michigan 17 yeah well all right okay all right <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a reasonable score to me uh yeah i think on this show we decided uh for our picks we're not going to do lines we're not going to give you this yeah. we, we don't care about vegas ohio we, state's winning though yeah yeah no, we're, we're going to take money line picks uh straight up who we think so i'm going to take the michigan wolverine <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I really don't know why I like this Michigan team. I no, uh, I have like. watched them play a lot. There's I have tried like. to poke holes in their team, but I do love Jawan Howard. I, I have uh, I enjoy the way that he handles himself. I love Sean D. Brown, as I've told you off air, and uh, you I'm gonna I, take you know the what I'm Wolverines. Excited for? And I won't be upset if they lose this game because I think they need to lose to kind of like I like I said. You don't want to be the front runner. In the regular season in the Big Ten. You want to be sitting back here just waiting for your time, like I'm, Illinois and Iowa. I'm right excited now. to search Twitter, um, to search the name Kyle Young on Sunday mm. and just read all the Michigan fans losing their mind. at Kyle, Kyle Young, Young is eating Hunter Dickinson's lunch. I'm excited for that. All right, uh, UConn of Villanova. Ooh, we just is... talked about Book Knight's back. <laughs> Yeah, it's at Villanova. It's it's at Villanova, and Villanova is like I feel like Andy dropped them to tier three, so they're mm-hmm. you know sort of kind of falling out of favor a little bit. And this is right when I jump on Jay Wright. When Jay Wright is not you know in yeah. the zeitgeist, when people aren't looking at their team, when they're not talking about you know Jeremiah Robinson Earl and what's going on with his National Player of the Year campaign, all that sort of stuff. I'm gonna take Villanova. I like UConn, but I'm waiting for UConn to make the run. In it's March, not March. So, it's yeah, not March. Exactly. I'm I'm taking Villanova as well. Yep. Nothing against UConn. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not not jumping on the UConn bandwagon until the calendar turns to March 1st, mm. and then I'm putting all the chips in the middle and saying, take me home, James. It's time. And James, it's time. But well, we got to get him in the tournament, though. Mm-hmm. But you, I, I think Villanova's going to win, too. So I'm, I'm picking Villanova as well. And then the third one we want to pick, uh, West Virginia, Texas. How do you see that one? <sighs> this is a really tough one. I am. Uh, Texas was a Final Four team for me. Uh, and yeah. then Christmas came, and uh, you know COVID came for them, and Shaka had to be out and was finding some stuff, you know, tough stuff. He said, you know, he wasn't feeling great. So this Texas team has been a roller coaster. I have had a tough time trying to, you know, kind of sift through who they really are. But when I look at my gut and I look at my heart, 
I like the Longhorns, so I'm going to take Texas. It's at home. Uh, West Virginia's been playing really good. I don't want to disrespect West Virginia. I like them when it comes to tournament time. But for some reason, I like Texas in this game, and I hate Texas in the next game against Kansas. Interesting. I like them against Virginia, West Virginia, and I hate them against Kansas. So You say you don't want to disrespect West Virginia. Uh, I'm I'm more about action than talk. Uh, mm. I'm picking West Virginia. I, oh, want to di- wow. I want to not disrespect wow. West Virginia so much. I think West Virginia's going to win. <laughs> I think at this point in the season, West Virginia's a better team. I think so, too, um, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I, I dude, I was I was all I'm just trying Texas to talk myself in. Yeah. I'm trying to get Texas back. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to speak I think it Texas into is, I, I haven't, you know, it's like I was with Iowa. I'm at Texas where I was with Iowa. It's like, I'm mm. not ready to, to panic. I'm not ready to whatever, but like, I'm in the shower, Tate. I'm in the, I'm in the, yep. I'm in yes. the air yes. shower. Yes, and you have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, call us call, call us if your team sucks this weekend. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, the number 302-470-8283. Leave us a voicemail. And, and if you have diarrhea and can't swim in a pool, maybe yeah. you can leave a voicemail for that. Too, <laughs> Just make a phone call. See you guys on Monday or Tuesday, whatever the hell we're doing the show. <laughs>